0: Church. Good to see you here tonight. Stand with me, would you? As we sing our first song, Victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old storm. singing in my heart there rings a melody Randy Tyner, would you open us in prayer tonight?
1: Amen All right. Thank You Brother Andy appreciate that well welcome back Sunday evening and first Sunday of the year had a good first Sunday We praise the Lord for that and uh, just a good way to kick off the year of course And uh, so praise the Lord well tonight right after the service We do have a meeting with the ministry leader. So uh, it's not that not if you're in a ministry but if you're a uh, head over a ministry uh, because we have our ministry sign up starting next week uh, we just want to go over a few things and uh, just make sure everything's covered. If you do sign up for something and do not hear from a ministry leader within a few weeks, just let the office know. We'll make sure you get connected uh, as we uh, go forward and so forth. So we're excited. We've been doing this for years now, so it's nothing new for us. But if you're a new member, uh, new to the church, maybe something new to you. Uh, but as I preach this morning, we just believe we want to be actively serving somewhere uh, in the house of God. And uh, we've got um, what's called a Levite ministry and I think we have about 70 members who are actively involved in that. And uh, people take up little projects from after a Sunday night or Wednesday night, uh, maybe a 15-minute job uh, somewhere, to larger jobs of an hour or two during the week. It just kind of depends. And so uh, there's a, a vast variety of things. Uh, some things are once a month, uh, once a week, uh, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, but it allows us to keep uh, the church going strong in and, and the large facilities uh, without a doubt. And it gives people a place to serve and to connect, which is important. So we appreciate everybody involved in that. Uh, So that's one ministry uh, that everybody can do. And then you have some other ministries, whether it be teaching or a helper in a class you'll see some of that coming forward, and we do have some positions open there, and uh, we even have availability for rotations. We, we like to even sign up and rotate people in those areas, depending like a Sunday night class and so forth, and uh, so just a, a lot of good things there. Awanas, of course, impact, a lot of things going on. Our bus ministry on Wednesday nights have been exploding, and I haven't talked to Alan if we need anybody, but that would be out there in the next couple of weeks as well, and opportunities to serve in those areas, and uh, so it's really, really good, and I believe that Everybody who serves in any area, whatever the church does, I mean, you're a part of that. Uh, bottom line, you're a part of that, and the fruits go to your labor as well, and so we appreciate that. And like I said, it helps you connect better uh, at up to Church as you get involved with some, some people. I was here Saturday, and we had a, a group of ladies, our decorating committee, men running around and redecorating everything and, and changing all the Christmas stuff out. Uh, by the way, it, it is time to put the Christmas stuff up. Okay, I'm just gonna help you now. Now, we started early, I think we had ours up, what'd you say, October 28th? It's October 28th, and uh, so uh, so we took it down, you know, just a couple of days after Christmas, So we didn't wait till New Year's, but we are past New Year's now, just, just an FYI, you know, if you haven't started, so good, good stuff. So, of course, ladies did that, banners and everything up, and ready for a good New Year, there's a lot going on, and uh, we're excited, but there, there really is. Uh, we got FBI again, what, this Saturday, you could stop in, Uh, They had a class this week at 9. Most of that is online. They're doing a couple classes early, really for people to see it. It's a fellowship time for people in the class. But if you're interested in it, uh, you don't have to stay the whole time. Uh, I think they have three classes. If you want to come and check out one class on Saturday, uh, starts still at 9 o'clock this Saturday, uh, do that. Or if you want to come at 10 and check out one. You know, feel free to do so, and uh, say, hey, I'd like to see what this is all about, uh, but we've heard nothing but good things about it. Uh, any of the classes I've seen or been a part of, I know Brenda's been going through it, loves it, loves it, loves it, just highly, highly recommended, and uh, like I said, now that you can do it online, it makes it a little more feasible for people uh, that uh, you don't have to come to a particular class if you're busy and so forth, so keep all those things in mind. So again, just a lot, and uh, kicking off the year, so as the ministry sheets get out there, and we get going, please sign up for something and be, be involved without a doubt. Well, tonight we've got uh, Brother Hunter, uh, kind of the normally youth night, but they had an all-nighter last week. I preached for him last week. We did our Lord's Supper, just kind of ended, so we're kind of flopping that just a little bit. So we've got Hunter tonight. He's going to be speaking for us. He goes back this Thursday, and of course, we had Josiah on Wednesday, so that was great as well. So it's good to see these young men called into the ministry and what God's doing in their life. That's always a great joy, so I hope you're praying for them. And I know you will be, uh, definitely so, as college students head back in another week or two, and as they start in that that, uh, direction. Uh, Along that line, I announced this morning we are starting a young adult class. Uh, now that the college students are leaving, we're going to start a young adult class. And, uh, but it'll be as soon as the roof is done, and uh, hopefully when they come back this summer, we'll have a class available for them. But we have a lot of young adults still here, and we praise the Lord for that. Uh, but that'll be coming up as well. So, like I said, just a lot of good things coming up. But, Hunter, we're going to have a special by a couple of our teens. And then Brother Hunter's going to come and preach the word, and we'll continue on from there.
2: it assurance, Jesus is mine. He's been my fourth man in the fire, time after time. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood, and what he did for me. trust in god my savior I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. That's why I trust in. That's why I trust in God, my Savior.
3: Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Alrighty. I think the first thing I should do for being, while being up here is uh, say thank you. Um, of course, um, well, I don't know if many of you know, but my parents moved to Wichita. And so that means I have an hour and a half drive because I take the back roads um, on church days. So on Sunday mornings, I get up early and start driving over here. And so but I'm thankful I'm still able to be able to come here and to be in this church and be a member of this church because this is home. Um, this is a home even if my parents have moved. And then also, I have another thank you for the Linvilles, the Braggs, and the Feasters for helping me with car issues and gas money with this whole driving I have to do because I do quite a bit of it. So special thank you to those people as well. Um, this, this, this church is the biggest blessing in my life. And um, today I hope uh, this message will be an encouragement. It's something I think I'm extremely passionate about. I know I'm passionate about. And I hope it answers the question today, why do we do so much for the youth, the teenagers, and the junior church? I mean, if you're a parent... You see your kids constantly going to do some activity or going to some youth conference or to a camp or whatever they're doing they're constantly doing something, and it's making you broke probably. <laughs> Luckily, we do have Jake's fireworks that does help with that a lot um, but uh, we do a lot for the youth, whether it be junior church nursery, the all the kids' classes and all. All youth, we do so much for. And um, I hope we can answer this question. And uh, turn to your, in your Bibles to Psalm 78. And we'll stand for the reading of God's word. And it says in verse 1, a mascal of Asaph. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. Now this is Asaph here who, who wrote this. And he's trying to grab our attention. trying to see that something in this right here is very important. He wants to speak something that's important that it should be noticed. And if we keep reading it says, Which we have heard and known. And our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born who should arise and declare them to their children that they might set their hopes in God and not forget the work of God but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that has not set their heart aright and whose spirit was not set fast with God. You may be seated, and I will pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Lord, help me to... um, To express what you have in this uh, passage, Lord, and to just show my passion for this, and to help other people have a passion for this as well, Lord, we love you, Lord. Amen. I think warnings are a good thing. Warnings are a good thing. Um, warnings, like in the book of the in the Bible, God gives us a warning that one day He will come back to us. That's a good warning. Um, I think of warnings like, uh, where am I, sorry. I think of warnings on the news, warnings of the weather that's coming or events that will take place soon. We get warnings, we get news about this. Um, I think of warnings that we get from our parents. Um, If you do that again, I will beat you. That's a good warning because it tells us not to do it. Right? Um, But there also are other good warnings. Um, Who of you like here like to drive a car? Who of you here like to drive a car faster than the normal limit? Um, warnings can be a good thing. Uh, I've gotten pulled over three times. Luckily, they've all been warnings. One, failure to use headlights. Crazy, I know. In the dark, no headlights. What am I doing? You know, street lights are really good in Ponca. Um, second of all, or the other two, were war- or I got pulled over for speeding. And they were warnings. Praise the Lord. And if Mom, if you're watching this, you didn't hear that. Um... <laughs> But I've gotten warnings. Um, These, I'm glad I got a warning because speeding tickets are not cheap, and tickets are not cheap, because I've gotten one ticket in my life and it was for a wreck, and it was that guy right there. Um, But uh, warnings are a good thing, Uh, because I don't have to pay a ticket if I just get a warning, you know, and I get let off. I get another chance. I get redeemed, you can say. And it helps me get out of a rough situation. Um, In this psalm, we see here Asaph is talking to a nation of Israel and telling them to take heed to this warning. um, That they should pay attention and that it is important. Asaph was worried about the next generation. The young ones. And and that they should believe in God. Or he was worried that they wouldn't believe in God and that, that this nation would be corrupt. Um... And godless. Um, the people he... and um, Sorry. We must teach the next generation is pretty much what I'm getting at. So Asaph is warning these people and how they should influence the next generation in a godly way. But in the rest of this long chapter, because it is a very long chapter and I didn't read the whole thing, um, I think it is important that he is try, he's trying to get a point, his point across in saying that this next generation... ...is important, and that we should teach them how to live in a godly way. Um, he be, <clears throat> Asaph gives this warning, and this psalm is a type of psalm where it teaches history. It teaches. History is important back then, and it's still important today. Um, but he's trying to, he goes through the history of Israel. He goes through many things where um, we can see in the past God's working... ...and God's punishments, punishments he's had on the people of Israel... Um, and Asaph is saying, if we do not invest in teaching this next generation, this cycle that has been going on will just keep going and going and going. So Asaph is warning these people. Um, and he starts going through a history, like a history book, but he just knows off his mind of what God has done. And he begins with the rebellion against God. And throughout their entire history, they have continually fought against God. They disagreed with his mir- or they disregarded his miracles. And they put down God and His commandments. They constantly complain against God. They doubt God, and um, they wanted to go back to Egypt. They lied to God. They were vain in repentance and recommitment. They lied and were faithless to God, and they worshipped other idols. They seen He goes through the bad that the history has had, but of course, while God was not happy, this He brought wrath upon the nation sometimes, and a lot of people suffered and were in fear, and some people even died. Even though they were disobedient to God, God still chose them and helped them. Um, God helped them out of Egypt with the ten plagues. Um, He parted the Red Sea and allowed them to walk on dry ground to escape Pharaoh and his army. He guided them with a cloud of a pillar of cloud and fire. He provided water from a rock. God fed them with manna and quail from heaven. He forgave sins. God prepared them. He prepared them the promised land and drove out the other inhabitants in that land. He rescued them from their enemies and chose Jerusalem as the next place for his temple. And at the end of the chapter, we see God choosing David as the new king, which is all good things. That's a lot of history where God is obviously in the middle of it all with the good and the bad. There is reasons Asaph was going through this history, and it was to prove a point that throughout their history, God was involved so the next generation can hear it and learn from it and that they too can also trust in God. Uh, Asaph in verse number four, he says, we will not hide from them, th- from their children, showing to the generation to come to the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works he, that he does, that he done. Asaph is warning the current generation that they have the responsibility to teach the next generation something. Now, I made a slideshow and we can look at some men who at a point where the youth pastors or staff involved in some kind of way in the youth and they have made an impact in some way. But when I was making this, I understood that while they have made an impact, somebody also invested in them when they were a youth. Um, And I'm gonna give a fair warning I had fun while making this. None of the staff have seen this yet. I think only me. So, what is it on? <laughs> Number one, he was young at one point. Um, he was also or he's Pastor Waterloo. Um, at one point in time, he was a youth. But at one point, he was the youth pastor. Um, He's done many things. He helps speak at camps, and he does anything for youth. He, he has invested in youth, and he allows us to do lots of things for the youth. He, he pushes forward the things for youth. I have, where's it at? There you go. I just have a lot of pictures. I had fun just going through this. Wow. Where is it at? Yeah. Next. Brother Lynn. Youth pastor at one point. Wow. I couldn't really find young ones of him. (laughs) These are the youngest ones I could find. No disrespect. I think it's just going through. Is that me? Next. I have Brother Alan. Wow. What a stud. Am I right? (laughs) On that little scooter thing. I had fun finding these, and I probably stocked some Facebooks to get these. I'm sorry. Ooh. This was in the theater. The pumpkin theater. Yeah. Facebook. Him with the youth. Next, I have Brother Matt. I had fun with these. <laughs> I remember this one, actually. It's a pretty good one. In the family. Next, I have Brother Jacob. When he was a kid. I love this. At spiritual boot camp. And he got married. So, I... Well, ASAP was warning this current generation, their responsibility to teach the next generation. Now, we've looked at many men who invested in youth, or are still in investing in youth, and they've been through a lot. This church is celebrating 90 years of ministry, and that's a lot of people over that amount of time. Lots of youth, lots of young people. These men are still having an impact on youth and some of you maybe even were in the midst of them being the youth pastor and being in charge of the youth, you might say, well, they get paid to do it, and I can promise you they probably would be serving in it, whether they're paid or not, whether they're called to ministry or not. It's something they care about. And I think we should also thank them for the hard work and effort and time that was put into them, or put into it, because if you know what it's like working with kids and teenagers, It's hard. It takes... It's draining sometimes because they are difficult. But let's go back uh, to verse 6 and 7. Why do we need to invest? Um, So it said in verse 6, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born who 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 should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God And not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And for my last slide, you can do it. Um, I have you, the church. Um, I couldn't get a picture of every single one of your faces on here. It's quite difficult. Um, I don't even know where I get pictures of you. That would have been a lot of Facebook. Um, But for my last slide, I chose you guys. Um, Asaph was saying, it is important for the current generation to have a godly influence on the next generation. Oh, we need to show the next generation the love of God, the works of God, the word of God, praises of God, heartfelt prayer to God, and also compassion to others. How, on, and we keep going: how to properly raise a family and treat the significant others that they will have in the future, hopefully. Um, how to handle money properly for God, and how to live a life for and how to live a life for God. And you guys, with the experience you have, with the age and, or wisdom you have, uh, you can teach the next generation. Um, we want to, the, next, uh, uh, the upcoming generation to have confidence in God, and the things of God. I think Asaph here sees the major importance for the next generation. I think we can say, if we fail to teach the next generation, we will only see a faithless generation in the future. Now, I'm, pretty, I'm still pretty young, and one day, I'll hopefully, I would like to have kids. And I, one day, I would like to be a youth pastor, and that's dealing with kids. And some of you today, you have kids. You have young babies. We can see kids running around this church all the time. There are kids in here, and the parents here are probably scared. Scared of what this world has become. Scared of Satan and the ungodly influences that have affected this world. Um, We can be scared of that, and we might be confused on all the things that these kids do and the decisions they make. We might not understand everything they do, and all the phrases they say, and all the apps they have on their phone, or why they even need a phone. We might not understand it all. And I think that is scary. I think it's scary that they have to make decisions in this upcoming world. But what's even more scary is if they were never properly taught how to put their hope in God and the things of God. Because this world would be destined to fail, if not. Asaph was pleading with the people of Israel, invest in the youth and teach them how to have confidence in God. Because Asaph knew they were one generation from being a godless generation. That is why he stressed going into the history of the nation and things of things God did. Because if they did not teach the next generation, they could continue the cycle of failure for living for God and be blatant, with blatant disobedience to God. Um, This is why we invest in youth. This is why we pour so much money, so much time, so much energy, so much food and so much material into the youth. This is why Brother Matt and Brother Jacob, um, they spend so much time setting things up, preparing for messages, scheduling things. And they preach their faces off sometimes with some serious stuff. Not only for a short change that doesn't last, but to teach them that their hope is secured in God and that they can, they can live a life for Him and it not be in vain. They are in a world where they are taught to have a mindset focused on money, how, how to make sure we look good every day, how we can live in the moment and not worry about settling down, how it's okay to have an LGBTQ mindset where We can be any gender we want to be and have some messed up theology of all this kind of stuff. They live in a world where they are taught that God isn't even real. This world is scary. The next generation is important. Because they are the ones that are going to be next up in the world. They're going to be the ones running things around here. And if we complain about how godless the world is when we watch the news and when what we see is happening around the world, we, all, we complain about what the youth is doing and how the world is becoming. And instead of complaining on how much, how much bad is going on, how about we start investing and in seeing real change in the world. and We can start investing in the youth to see how the world can change through the youth with a different mindset. With God in it. Amen. Amen. I think uh, when we are investing in youth, I think, I hope you think of your own children and your grandchildren. Then um, you, the motto of this church, is, it says up on here these wonderful banners, Christ centered, family focused. Um, one of the biggest investments you can build for your children is teaching them to live in a godly way, showing them what a godly home looks like with prayer and devotions, family devotions. To show your teenager how to properly treat a boyfriend or girlfriend, um, how to properly confess sin where they can look for you to to help them and not just be scared of you and hiding everything. Um, To show them how to recover from their mistakes with true repentance and true change. To invest in your own children first. Invest in your own children first. Because sometimes parents can get caught up in other people's kids and neglect their own. Then if you don't have kids or grandchildren or they're out of the house, that doesn't mean your job is done. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have put a lot of time investing in your kids, but there's also other kids out there. We have kids all over this church, small to teenagers to college students... And I'm thankful for the new cla- or the new uh, Sunday school uh, class we're about to have. I'd like to see that, but I won't be here. Um, some of you um, probably are like, "Well, I don't understand these kids. All they do is talk about random weird stuff. They play video games all the time. I don't understand that, and they watch TikToks all the time. I don't understand that. I do because I'm still a kid, but..." Um, But seriously, all it takes is a conversation sometimes. And I know it gets awkward talking to teenagers because you can't find things to talk about or anything to relate to, and they seem like they don't care, and they're just like, oh. They seem disinterested. Um, But keep trying. Eventually, at one point, you'll probably break through and find something. Um, All it takes is an invitation. I know some of you men in here like to go fishing, like to go hunting. I like to go golfing, play sports, or even do work around the house. Some of you women, you like to read, I don't know what you do, I I tried. Women can invite the ladies, that's all I got. You like to do things. Um, You have family time that you guys do. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You might have game nights. You might have movie nights. You might have just family dinners. Um, All it takes is an invitation to invite a kid to see a Christian home. Because some kids may never even get to see a Christian home. And teenagers, this is not just for the adults. Um, You have to put forth effort to seek this investment, to seek a change, to seek the advice from these people. You, want to, you, want, you have to be interested to in know how a man or a woman lives a godly life and how they react to things and how they have God in their life. You may ask them questions about way back when they were in their prime, back in high school or something. Um you have to be interested in where they are today because you see how much an impact they're making on you or on this church. Because today, we all here are sitting in the same building for the same reasons, and that is for God. We all came here different ways. We all have different stories, but we're all in here for the same reason. And, And today, honestly we need to come together and see an investment in the youth and honestly have the youth also invest in you. Um, today, Matt was, we were in Sunday school, and Matt had set a goal for the youth, um, and it was to get involved in a ministry that is outside the youth, to be involved in a church that isn't specifically youth-related. And, and that helps you teenagers to get involved in the church because once you're out of the youth, You're not left there hanging to dry anymore. Because a youth ministry in Christianity... In Christianity... Christianity goes past the youth. But not always for some kids. We see a lot of kids drop out once the youth is over. Because they're an adult now and they get to go to college and then they lose it all. So get involved. Now as a young adult adult, who went through the youth as a teenager, I can say I've been invested in, in many different ways. And I can call out families like the Russells, the Moraleses, the Linvilles, the Braggs, the Moores, the Gillespie's, the Friends, the Feasters, and I'm sure many, many more. I probably don't even know your name. There are people all over the church who invest in the youth and that help with VBS, that help with camp, that help with teens, that help with camp. Uh, They're in conferences, Man Up Club, Awanas, Junior Church, and even CBA, you volunteer, you're a teacher, you do many things, and you help in youth. Please, keep going. You never know the investment you're making in that kid and how he will change, or how she will change, because it changes lives. And if you feel like you're not investing... Get out of your comfort zone and put your time into the youth. And just know this also. Just because you don't know them doesn't mean they aren't watching you. I know as a teen, I watched a lot of grown men in this church and seen them as an adult male. As an old male live a life for God have God in their relationship because I didn't have a father to teach me all these things but I was able to look around and see grown men with God in their life because kids are growing up without fathers and that's becoming a trend now and so some of you men have to step up kids are watching you we will always have the next generation in front of us And like Asaph was warning us of the importance of teaching the next generation of Israel, um, we have the warning right in front of us. It is right in front of us in this book. So why do we put so much time in the youth? Why do we put so much money into the youth? Why do we put so much energy in the youth? Because we should teach the next generation to set their hope in Jesus. Because if they don't, we are one generation from away from being a faithless generation. God brought these kids to this church for a purpose. God brought you to this church for a purpose. Some of these kids don't have Christian homes. But you are in the midst of a Christian home. All it takes is an invitation because we are one generation from being a faithful, faithless generation, and that's all I have tonight. So I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this opportunity, Lord, and thank you for the wonderful message, a simple message, but very impactful message, Lord. Um, Lord, help us take this to heart and to know that you are in the midst of us, and you will continue to be in the midst of us. Lord, we love you and help us to put our all in, our, in you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen.
1: You, Brother Hunter, I appreciate that. We're going to have a word of invitation if you want to stand and join with us and if you want to come pray. And uh, it would be a good time to pray for our youth and our children and that next generation would be appropriate and even for yourself that you would be able to guide them and invest in them properly. So let's sing a verse or two of Just As I Am before we dismiss tonight, and you
0: come if you'd like to come and pray. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shared.
1: reminded of Judges chapter one and two and especially Judges chapter two and if you go back into that the book of Joshua is full of just victory after victory after victory now, I've counted it up some t- time 32 33 victories they had one loss in there and turned around and turn that back into a victory and so you can imagine living in that time where I mean God was just doing great things and then the elders took over and they still saw more victories and losses but faith began to change And you start getting into Judges, and they didn't have the faith to take that mountain, and they didn't have the faith to beat that tribe. They had the power to do it, but they just didn't have the faith to do it. And they began kind of backing away. And then all of a sudden, it says in Judges chapter 2, verses 6 through 10, there arose another generation which knew not the Lord. They didn't see the first works, uh, but not only that, but they quit hearing about them as well. And that lack of faith and lack of transfer of faith changed things. And literally, as Hunter said, one generation away. And in one generation, Israel changed like that. From victory to praise to great things to now not even saved. I mean, think about that, not even saved. And uh, so it is true. We do invest a lot in our children, our youth, but they're worth it. They're worth it. And I don't think we should ever lose that vision, to tell you the truth, Uh, because they are the next generation, you know, like it or not. You know, it's the next generation. There's always going to be a gap there. We're always the oldies. they are always the youngies. You know, they're too young. They don't get it. We're too old. We don't get it. I mean, they're just, but, you know, you work hard to try to bridge that. And pass on what you've learned to the next generation about the Lord. So appreciate that, Hunter. We'll talk about a lot of other things, but appreciate that. <laughs> the pitchers standing next to Berlin. You called him old. So...
0: <laughs>
1: and women do nothing, really. I do not want to be around you after church. Uh, but anyways, <clears throat> just remember he's young. Okay, he's, he already said that he's young, <laughs> but it's good oh, good stuff. So I hope you pray for Hunter and all of our college students, of course. We've got a good group going to different colleges and God's using them and they're studying and learning and we're excited for them. We, we really are. And I'm glad you still feel at home because we still count you all as part of Central raptor Church. You're still part of the church here and uh, always welcome here. Good, good stuff. So keep that in mind. Well, we'll be dismissed here. Ministry leaders, will meet upstairs, youth room in a few minutes afterwards. And so uh, I won't be real long, but we just want to make sure we have everything decently and in an order for the next several weeks as we kick off the year and get going for what can be uh, just as good if not even better than last year can you believe it and see god do great things so appreciate it so let's pray lord we come to now we do thank you we do praise you lord we continue to pray for miss sue rob lord and of course we pray for the tailors as well with the loss of their daughter and continue to strengthen them during the week and and lord as we re- you bring people to our mind that we need to pray for that we need to contact even as the year begins lord and just be an encouragement to and a strength to them Uh, Sure, Lord, we want to invite people to church, and and they need to be there, and that's great. But, Lord, if we can just come alongside our brothers and sisters, let them know somebody loves them and cares for them. Pray for our college students as as they go back and study, and that can be lonely as well, Lord. Would you watch over them, strengthen them, and uh, may we be able to find ways to let them know we love them. So we thank you and praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, I'm Pastor John Waterloo. Thank you so much for joining us today and being a part of the service. I hope one day you can connect with us here in our church service as well. That'd be such a great blessing. Uh, we'd also like to let you know about just some other resources we have. You can jump on our Facebook page or our website, wherever you'd like to find out about our ministries. But again, we'd love to have you join with us one day. Thank you so much for being in our services. and May the Lord bless you.